Let us stand. Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. Amen. All is well. All is well. We have heard the message long and all is well. There is a place of her. Let's sing and raise our hands. So rest, little bride. Rest for all is well. Let's sing it to him. Oh, all is well. All is well. before the Lord your thoughts speak louder in heaven than your actions let's pray Father I love you this morning Lord so thankful Lord for your faith that you have endured given to your people Father and we thank you Lord through that faith we can say with all of our hearts all is well I love you this morning. I thank you, Father, for your mercy and grace, for that unmerited favor of wedding band. You slipped on your bride's finger before the foundation of the world. We as humans today, Father, find it so hard to comprehend sometimes when we slip and fall. But Lord, your grace and your power, your mercy is above it all. I love you this morning. I pray for your people, the request upon their hearts, Father. As our brother spoke before we get up, we could just lay all of our burdens aside. We just bring them to your altar this morning, Father, and we rejoice in the victory that you've brought. Pray that you have blessed the tithes and offerings, Father. 
We thank you for the Sunday school lesson, and Lord, we are looking forward to a further breaking of your word, the greatest form of worship. Bless the ministry, magnify it to our hearts, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Is well. All is He wasn't looking at me. Amen. He wasn't looking at me. When he took me in, he wasn't looking at my heart. That was blind by sin. Oh, he was looking at me. Looking at the blood 
missing now. Oh, he wasn't looking at me. Took me in. He wasn't looking. Looking at my heart that was so black by sin. Well, he was looking at the blood. saying this this morning, man. If you look 
may be seated. Amen. Amen. Brother Brad, amen, if you come, amen, give us a song. Let's give Brother Brad a hand, man. an interactive special this morning so y'all can stand come on now feel like traveling on amen please pray for my brother-in-law his name is Ray Reddington and my wife had a prayer cloth prayed over and sent to him in the mail and uh, it was kind of a premonition because he's actually in the hospital now but he's doing a little bit better and when my sister read it to him, he kind of choked up a little bit, and um, he was very thankful. That, so he has a prayer cloth in him, in his bed with him in the hospital. And uh, just, he's got a, a leg that's all swelled up from an infection and an infection in his blood. And again, just please remember him in prayer. His name's Ray Reddington. I'd appreciate it if you would. You feel like traveling on? Hey man, this is an interactive special. Y'all gonna help me sing it this morning. Is that all right? All right. And you're gonna play that tambourine for me. <laughs> yes, I feel like traveling on. Will I feel like traveling on? My heavenly home, it's bright.
down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul. You give me joy, down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul. There's beauty in my brokenness. I've got true love instead of pain. There's freedom though you've captured me. I've got joy instead of Instead of pain, there's freedom though you've captured me. I've got joy instead of mourning. And you give me joy down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul. You give me joy. Down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul. Never have I been so free, caught in your love for me. Never been more secure, knowing your heart, Lord. Never have I been so free, caught in your love for me. Never been more secure knowing your heart, Lord. Never have I been so free, caught in your love for me. Never have I been more secure knowing your heart, Lord. Down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul, will you give me joy? Down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul. Oh, you give me joy. Down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul. You give me joy. Down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul. Down deep in my soul, you give me joy. Amen. We have one more special, Sister Amber. If you come, amen, let's give her a hand. Amen.
could have chosen women of great beauty who have everything but Lord you chose me and I have nothing that I can bring ready for the word. Amen. Let us stand. Amen. The splendor of 
of a king clothed in majesty let all the earth rejoice all the earth rejoice he wraps his head in light and darkness tries to hide trembles at his voice trembles at his voice how great is our God sing with me how great is our God and all will sing how great how great is our God H H
be the name of the Lord. My, I believe you're all ready to have church today. Praise the Lord. We're happy to be here in God's house today with you all and trusting the Lord for everything that he has for us. I want every bit of it. <clears throat> everything that he has for me, I want to have it operating in my life. Amen. We're going to invite you for a few verses into 2 Kings chapter 2. And I'm just going to read a couple of verses, not too many. I, the story is amazing here in chapter 2. And I don't want to get uh, completely bogged down in the story. We have so much on my heart that I want to get to today. And um, so I'm just going to take this verses 8 through 14. While you're finding um, your place there, uh, let me go ahead and get some announcements made. <clears throat> Thank you, sir. Um, just, uh, just some brief announcements. You already are aware of most of this. Uh, the senior youth choir practice will be immediately following the conclusion of the service today with Sister Deborah. And uh, so also Sister um, Jean's final testimony presentation will start promptly at four. We had to back it up so that the senior youth could have their practice and then they can go and eat lunch and, and then make it back on time. And please, senior youth, please plan ahead. Uh, don't be at four o'clock and you're in a restaurant still because you went too far and then it was a long wait. So plan ahead. Um, go, go to Burger King, get something unhealthy, <laughs> gobble it down, get back here and be inside. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, so um, those who fail to plan, plan to fail. Amen? Man, learn that in business school. Those who plan, those who fail to plan, plan to fail. Amen. So a lot of times, you know, people who work with me know that uh, a long time ago I learned a philosophy from Brother Ernie Villanueva. He said, Brother Jason, he said, uh, as long as you always inspect what you expect, you'll never get surprised or be disappointed. So a lot of times I'll ask somebody something I know they already know, and I know they've already done it. <laughs> but I say, no, I'm just inspecting what I'm expecting. Amen. So praise the Lord. Helps me deal with my OCD and stay normal. <laughs> um, there is no Wednesday service this week because we're postpone, we're pushing it forward. There is a midweek, but it starts on Friday. That's really not midweek, it's the end of the week. So our, uh, our meetings will begin uh, on Friday with Brother Donnie. Now, consequently, there will be Brother Brad and Sister Sarah will be conducting the final senior youth choir practice before the meetings begin on Wednesday. So that'll be at 6.30. So uh, all the senior youth, please plan like you normally would to be at church. <laughs> Amen. Be here a little early and get you home a little early. So, um, all right. So we've got the, pr the practice immediately after service today. Sister Jean's presentation starts promptly at four. Uh, there's no Wednesday regular service. It's moved to Friday. There will be the final senior youth choir practice on Wednesday at 6.30. Our special meetings with Brother Donnie will begin Friday, Friday evening and Saturday evening at 7 p.m., Sunday morning at 11. There'll be no Sunday school classes. We'll have those three straight services. I was hoping uh, to get Pastor uh, Ibruka here from Nigeria, and had he been able to come 
it's not completely ruled out, but it doesn't look likely, uh, then we, we want him to be able to come. If he can make it uh, for these meetings, we may have a service Saturday morning where he will give his testimony of being kidnapped, uh, leaving his pulpit, went home after church on Sunday morning after preaching, was taken by gunpoint at his car uh, and held for 30 days and threatened to die, threatened to kill him. And it's a, a, it's a, it's a spine tingling. I just heard an overview of it and it is gripping uh, and, and how that God was moving supernaturally uh, in that whole thing. And so there's, there's a lot to tell. And, um, and yes, so thank you, sir. There's a lot to tell. And so he, he not only wants to tell the details of it, but he wants to tell all of the, um, you know, things that he learned while that was happening. Don't forget, Brother Matt uh, posted that the men's breakfast uh, will be uh, coming on, on Saturday morning. Now, if we, we, we'll figure out how to do that. If Brother uh, Pastor Bruca can make it, We'll figure that out. There's a Saturday morning men's breakfast. Brother Doug will be coming, amen, to uh, be here for that. And so we're looking forward to having his help during the meetings. But you, if you're going to make that breakfast, please do the non-Bethel Tabernacle thing and actually RSVP to Brother Bradley Campbell, amen. So for one time, don't be a homie. And three people have RSVP'd. So brothers, please... Uh, do the right thing, <laughs> not the Bethel thing, and actually RSVP and uh, let Brother Bradley know he's the one who coordinates and lets us know the count and who all we're going to have. So it's highly important so we don't you know, waste a bunch of money buying too much food. And like I say, if anything changes with Brother Ibruka coming, we'll make sure we let you know uh, promptly. Amen. I'd love for him to come in on Thursday and... Uh, you know, and maybe uh, Brother Brad have him with the senior youth. That would be amazing. I promise you, he's he's a young pastor, and uh, the Lord has done wonderful things in his ministry. So that's all coming, Amen. All right, Rach, thank you, honey. So also there is um, getting updates here on in real time. Um, there's a meal after Friday night and Saturday night service. Okay, now we're not going to have filet mignon, <laughs> steak and lobster, no, but there will be food served, and I think they've got a plan for that. I think Brother Jay's involved in that, so doing some barbecue. So that'll be Friday night and Saturday night after each service, and we're arranging it. Let me just say that I've, I've tasked my daughter-in-law to make sure that it's set up in a way that I don't have people out there slaving away while the word is being preached in here. I don't even like to see that. So, so, so we're, we're working it in a way that we want all of our preparers and cooks and everybody who's involved with that, we're arranging it so that you can be in the service. We want you in the service, not out there uh, running around trying to get food. The most important thing is the spiritual food. Amen. So, uh, so, so you'll, you'll see that it's arranged that way. We don't want to see, I don't want to see young people milling around, I'd, even visitors. We're going to uh, kind of deputize a few extra deacons to help Brother Luther like we do at our, at our youth camp. And so they will, they will be making periodic patrols to make sure you're not, people aren't meandering. Adults or young people are not going to be allowed just to meander around. We want them in where the word is being ministered. If we have an overflow, they have a plan for that. 
that. Amen. So God bless you. Amen. This morning. Amen. I hope that's uh, all clear. You've had already announcements in the church chat. There will be follow-ups to that, so just be on the lookout. Amen. Second Kings chapter 2. Amen. I'm starting late, so is that okay? It's, it's, I, had, I had these announcements I needed to make, and so um, we want to now get to the Word. So don't start my timer until now. Amen. And then make sure you save me a big chunk of overtime because I've got... Uh, a maddening amount of material that I want so bad to get to today. It's been an extremely stressful thing, this series. I will say that on the onset to, because every time I think, I've, okay, I've got it, the windows of heaven open and the Lord just keeps piling stuff in. And I think I'm stressing my own self, trying to go through it and say, okay, that's it, we're going to do it. And, uh, and so today I'm just going to once again not, work, not watch that clock. <laughs> if you see me glance at it, it'll be an accident. And, uh, and I'm going to try to not look at, at into your faces. And, uh, but at the same time, I, 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 I will keep my, um, my way of not wearing you out. And I don't do that just because of some you know, idiosyncrasy. I have, a, uh, there, I have a purpose in that because I know the human mind can only absorb so much. I learned that in school. That's why, they, that's why the classes are this many minutes. And so, so I don't want you to lose sight. But at the same time, I also want you to see the whole picture. Amen? Now, I still haven't started yet. Okay? Praise the Lord. And we're happy to have any visitors here with us today. God bless you. Sorry if I haven't greeted you. Second Kings chapter 2, and we're going to start from verse 8, I believe is what I said. Second Kings chapter 2, verse 8. <clears throat> you know the story of Elisha following Elijah, and they went from place to place to place, and I'm not going to go into all of that. I think even some of the other brothers have some burden on their heart in those areas. So I'm just going to try to stick where, where I want to zero in on. Verse 8, and Elijah took his mantle. He's at the Jordan. Now, this is an important point. He's at the Jordan River. See, don't now, how many remember Jordan means death to self? Amen. That's huge. Jordan means death to self. All right? And he took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters and they were divided hither and thither so that they too went over on dry ground. This is Elijah and Elisha. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me, when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. Wow. And it came to pass as they went on and talked that behold, there appeared chariot, a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by the whirlwind into heaven. So, all right. So, so Elijah is taken away much like we're going to be taken away in a rapture. All right. So, and Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes and rent them into pieces. That's a big point. He took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he 
also had smitten the waters. They parted hither and thither, and Elijah went over. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. We ask for your divine grace and mercy, Lord, uh, upon our spiritual meal today. We're asking for your help that we can keep it together and go in a way that's, Lord, that is that is beneficial to your people. We commit it to you. Be with my human spirit now, Lord. Keep me under your perfect control. Let me not predetermine, Lord, I'm not in control of this. You are. So now I humble myself before you in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, friends. You can be seated. So the only thing I know to do today is to just uh, be loyal to how the Lord has led me and uh, in the order that I believe that he has led me. And uh, that's really all I can do and that's all I can be responsible for. And we will, we will make sure that we get, hopefully we'll get everywhere that we need to get to. All right, so <clears throat> praise the Lord. You love him? Amen. All right, so that's going to be already the wrong thing. Excuse me one second. I need this one. Voila. Okay, so now I want to um, just make a few opening comments and then we're going to go straight to my PowerPoint. Brother Ethan, you'll be running it for me, I suppose. All right, I, I don't want to deal with the clicker, so you can just handle that for me. Man, love having good, reliable, trained people. Amen. So, you know, when they, when they come to this crossing, there's a number of points, a lot of points that I could make. As I said, I don't want to get too bogged down in it. But, but a couple of the points that I want to make is one that I've already made, and that is that Jordan is death to self. I nearly titled this as a subtitle today. I nearly put in a subtitle, death to self. I didn't, but you can just know that's the real aim of my heart today, death to self. And so, so when, we, when they come here, you're, noticed, you're going to notice Brother Branham in a couple of quotes that I've got. He's going to point out, if I get to it, how that... He, it's notable to him in the Bible that when it, Elisha, when that mantle fell from Elijah, that the first thing Elijah, Elisha did was tear his own garment away from him. And Brother Branham is going to show how that that's what you've got to do to receive the Spirit of Christ. You've got to die to self. You've got to tear your own self apart and receive the engrafted word. In other words, receive the very real presence and power of God into your life. How many would like to have that be a reality in their life? Amen. And so, so now when we, when we continue to look at all of this, we find that that. That brother, that in the, in our scripture, we find that you know he's asked a he's asked a hard thing, and I I so appreciate uh, uh, brother Matt made a statement. I heard him preaching along these lines recently that it wasn't hard for Elijah and it wasn't hard for Jehovah, but where the real work would come would be to Elisha. You want a double portion. You've asked a difficult thing. You, you're never going to get that, Elisha, if you're just uh, infected, you know, with the, with the spirit of the age. And let me just bring it down 
to the day and hour that you and I live in. Remember, he said to him, if you can do this and you see me when I go, then you'll have it. But if you're not diligent, if you don't follow on, if you don't stay right close, if, you, if you're too lazy, if you're too worldly, if you're too carnal, then, then, then forget this double portion working on you. Not saying, Elisha, that you're not a child of God. I'm just simply saying you're not going to be one of those doing great exploits at the last day. Say, well, I, you know, I don't care if I do spectacular stuff. That spectacular stuff might be casting a demon off of your child. That spectacular stuff might be rescuing a marriage. We're not talking about calling fire down. We're talking about real life. And Brother Branham in perfect faith said the reason he was preaching perfect faith is because you've had a faith, but he said, but I'm, I'm now I'm coming to a perfect faith. This was something now further than the faith that was in the ages. And he said, I'm preaching on it because trust me, down the road, you're going to need it. Amen? Amen. Amen. See, and so, so that's why, you know, when they went those those 50 uh, school of the prophets went, you know, they, they, went to, they went to look for Elijah. And, and Brother Branham makes an, an amazing statement there. And let me try to get to it really quick. Um, so he says, so let me see here if I can find it. Yeah, I got it. So Brother Branham says, so they said unto him, you know, behold now there be with thy servants 50 strong men. Let them go. We pray thee and seek thy master lest peradventure the spirit of the Lord hath taken him up and cast him upon some mountain and into some valley. And Elisha said, ye shall not sin. There's, there's, there, don't, you're going to go about it the wrong way, see? And so, so you know, it's a lot of times, I, I remember years ago looking at that and I said, you know, he, the, the spirit of Elijah is now resting on Elisha. So there's no need for 50 return ministry preachers to go looking for Elijah. You understand? Wouldn't do you any, you won't find him because he went home. And, you, you're, you're, and, and so the, the point is now the, the ministry that was on him is now upon Elisha, Mrs. Jesus, you understand. So, so Brother Benham said, you know, here in uh, getting, getting in the spirit, he said, you know, go on, because the next verse we didn't read, they urged him, they kept pressing him. And finally Elisha said, go on, but you won't find him. You know, hard-headed people, carry on. See, uh, refuse to see the further light, refuse to see the progression of the word. Go ahead. Go back and try to live back. Go try to relive all of those stories. But, but the word is now on the move and there's a double portion. That's, that's, to, that's to have a benefit in Israel. See, so Brother Branham says, getting in the spirit said, go on, but you'll not find him. Make fun of me. Call me an idiot if you want to, but God has, you'll, you'll never find him in your organized system. See, they were a school. You'll never find him in your organized systems. No, sir, he was lifted up and he comes again in the form of the baptism of the Holy Ghost and you'll never educate people to it. They've got to be born again, got to be the baptism of the Holy Spirit, nothing short of that. So it's not about a school of the prophets. It's not about chasing something from yesteryear. It's about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You're not gonna find him in organized religion of man-made creed. All right, so, so now I want to take a look at a number of statements Brother Branham makes that are familiar to us. And we, we look at these 
as, as something to be ahead of us, at the same time we have to be very careful that we don't imagine, because here, here's what's happened. You're gonna, read, you're gonna read with me, Brother Branham talking about a power that's to come upon the church. There's an anointing that, that's to come upon the church that agrees with the scripture and the last day, the people who know their God will do great exploits. But now bear in mind, it's not the people who have a mental concept knowing him. It's a people who know him like a husband knows a wife in a, in a relationship. It's much further than a head knowledge. The people who really know him, the people who are really close to him. It's amazing that you can see marriages go for years. Sometimes, and, and I, I've had situations where you can see a, a marriage that's decades long. And they're sitting there, you know, for counseling. And she's saying about him or he's saying about her, I don't even think he knows me. If he thinks that, he, he don't even know me. If she thinks that, she don't even know me. See, and so, so uh, when you're in a marriage relationship, it, it, it's not sufficient just to wear a ring and have a license. Live in the same house, sleep in the same bed and produce children. See? So, 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 you know, a, a lot of men, they certainly have proven that they know how to bring children and they know how to sow seed and bring forth children. But have they proven that they can be a high priest and lead a family? Have they, have they been able to prove that? See, bringing children into the world is just nature taking its course. But I'm here to tell you, it, 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 the, the world that we live in is trying to destroy manhood, trying to destroy ladies, trying to, trying to crisscross the genders, trying to bring, bring insanity. And this is a time where we need real men and real women who know their God. Now, that's not, that's not unusual that Brother Branham it's not new, these quotes I'm going to read you. But what we have had is these quotes have been read for 60 years. And periodic, and all through those 60 years, we've had supermen rise with their super doctrines and their super camps and their super anointings trying to force this to come. You understand? Running and, 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 and the reason that it always flames out and ends up with a lot of broken hearted people because they, they made it a thing. And it's something to chase. And, we got, we got, and it's a golden pot at the end of the rainbow. And when they get to the end of the rainbow after two decades of chasing it, there's no golden pot. Young people are disillusioned. Married couples are disillusioned. People jump out and leave, oh, there's nothing to it. They leave the message and then become almost atheistic, see? And so, Brother Branham warned us not to do that, see? That we are to, we are to stay in the word and stay humble and be Christians and be real and be full of the Holy Spirit and, and get the world out of your home and get the, get the leaven, go, go through your home with a candle of God's word and keep the leaven out and keep the token applied. You don't have to go make yourself odd. Brother Brandon, when he saw the seven seals and that part flew across, that he said, I saw it fly across, but I couldn't make it out. It was in another language. He said, it's just not quite the time for it. 
So this, this strikes people in sensationalism and they chase it and chase it and chase it. And, and I'm here to tell you that, that it's never been a thing to chase. It's all about self-denial and being a real Christian. And God is now coming in the hour that you live in. And I'm here to tell you, friends, there are things that are happening in rapid fire around this world that God is now beginning to pour out. And I am convinced that we are on the threshold of these very things that the prophet said all those years ago and if there was ever a time when we need to be dedicated and humble and sincere before God. We're not here to chase something. We're here to make ourselves ready for God to bring it down upon us. I'm here to tell you, it's not something coming. I believe it's in the atmosphere happening right now and the only thing we need to do is elevate up into that realm. It's not going to be a man-made effort. It's not going to be charisma. It's not going to be some somebody with some super-duper something. We were told not to chase that. See? Let's take a look at a few of them. I'm going to go chronologically in a chronological order. First, we'll start in 1960. There's, I'm not reading them all. I'm just catching a few. There's a number of places. These, to me, have been some of the most notable. In the message, uh, let's have my PowerPoint, Heath. <clears throat> so we'll, we'll go immediately to slide one. This is be not afraid, it is I. All right, hope you can make that out. And now being that tonight, now let me just say, don't read ahead. Let me just say, Brother Branham has already at this point had a number of experiences in the third pool. Understand, some amazing things have already taken place. And Brother Branham is saying, now, being that tonight is rather pushing for the service of healing or praying for the sick, we want to say, I want to make this statement. The reason I haven't had any healing lines this week, there's been something that's been on my heart. And I told you last time I was here, there was a new ministry coming. Remember, it went first pull, second pull, now the third pull is coming. A new ministry coming. I spoke with some of the brethren today and was telling them about what's happened. Just remember that the first time I was here, you remember the Lord had told me something was going to happen, change in the ministry, it happened. Said another one's going to happen, and it happened. And each time those pulls would change, Brother Brandon would catch a notice of it, and he said, you'll see a certain thing, there'll be a man come in, he'll be wearing a brown suit and blah, 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 and right away you'll know the secrets of his heart. And that transition from pull one to pull two. Pull one didn't go away, it still operated, but now it's a, it's a further work, you understand. So he says here, now there's another one greater, far greater than all the rest of them put together, already confirmed and ready. I hope it happens tonight. I just might say that, I don't have time to explain it to you. But the brethren who does know about it, it's wonderful. Watch this now. It'd be such a great thing for the people. And I am grateful to God that the hour is soon at hand, I believe it, when God is going to help his children. Stare right there a minute. God's going to help his children. Now, you have to understand that Brother Branham himself is over time, progressively, gradually, understanding it more and more and more and more. I've shown you that in the, in the preaching prior, prior weeks, where Brother Branham 
is even sometimes thinking it's going to go this way and it goes that way. And he's like, oh, okay, well, let's go this way only to find out, got you again, it's actually going to go this way. Oh, wow, okay, so let's go this way. And all, all a prophet can do is keep following the Lord. That's all he can do. That's all we can do. We can't run ahead and figure all of this out. We can, I can see certain things that are common denominators. And one of the things that I see as a common denominator every time Brother Branham is talking about this third pull operating, we find that he says he goes back to repentance and dedication and consecration. And I've been saying that to you over and over and over again. God's not coming with Barnum and Bailey. This isn't a three-ring circus. This isn't the charismatic movement. You understand? This is not that. This is not some, some revival of past. This isn't a revival that's striking Asbury College. That's fine. We've got scripture. We know what that is. That's not the bride's revival at any, at, by any means. But it is a sign to us that, that way if God is doing that, he's also moving here. And I got quotes to support that. So he, he, he moves on, all right? Now there's another one, greater, far greater. Okay, it's, good, it's going to help his children. Um, I think we read that one. Yeah, we, it's going to help his children, especially it'll be for those who can't muster the faith to raise up and get a hold of God like they should. I believe the Lord, you have no idea how, how wonderful this is for a pastor's heart. I believe the Lord is providing a way for us now to take care of them also. Some runs into faith that they can just reach over and receive anything. Why, that's great faith. Some of them has mustard seed faith and has to wait so long to get through. I believe the Lord is making a way for those people now. And I don't know when it will be, but it will be. Just as certain as I'm standing here, it will be. So I'm here to tell you something, friends. There's a power coming in this word that's going to help you get past mustard seed faith and the things that you've struggled so hard in your humanity and, and it's just a grab bag of life. We're all built and made different. We are the sum of our experiences. Your, your thinking is, is, is informed by your experiences and, and, and the bottom line is that most of us are some, some messed up, jacked up, broken down We've got trauma in life and trauma from our birth and trauma in other churches and, tra and, and man born of a woman's few days and full of trouble and we've had a lot of trouble and you've been the bullseye of the enemy and sometimes our minds are just all over the place but my heart lo looks to God and I'm here to tell you there is something among us now that's dropping upon us now that God is going to say all of your weaknesses are not gonna stop it and all of your conflicts I'm gonna go right over it. I'm going to lift you up above the shadows so he comes now to what shall I now this is November 12 1963 what shall I do with Jesus called Christ the dynamics of this church will be a refilling of the Holy Spirit that we have worked in a small measure while the headstone is coming down to unite with the body but when that head and body unites together, the full power of the Holy Ghost would raise her up just exactly like that. Even the dead, that's dead in Christ for hundreds of years ago, will rise in the beauty of his holiness and take a flight to the skies. The dynamics is the Holy Spirit. Now, hold right there. So, we realize that, you know, when you're born again of the Spirit of God, 
You're not translated in all three of your realms yet. See, it's not your body that died, Brother Branham said, or your spirit that died, but it's your nature. That soul, that old fallen nature was annihilated, but you still live in an unredeemed body. Hence the greatest battle ever fought. Now you've actually got a battle. Because now the inner man's in heavenly places with Christ Jesus commanding the body to follow the word. But the fallen nature in the flesh is still saying, but I still want to party and have fun and be popular. And I, and I, and I, and I want to have likes and, and, and clicks and I want to have all this kind of stuff. And the Holy Spirit is saying, abandon that, abandon that. Come to Christ, come to the word. And so we, we live a process of, of growing in grace and growing in strength and growing in wisdom and growing in understanding. But it's a, it's a, it's a, a, a flawed concept to imagine that, you, you know, there, there, there is a, a, something that floated for years and, you know, and, and to where you say, well, when I'm born again, but then I, I've got to start growing and get mature and then I get adopted. And that's, that's, a, that's an inside out, upside down way to look at it. That when you're born again, you are adopted into the family. That's what adoption is. You've been adopted into Christ through the baptism of the Holy Spirit new birth. Sure, you're a child. Sure, you got to grow. But I'm here to tell you from the day you are filled with the Holy Ghost, you are fully empowered to cast out devils, pray for the sick. You're fully empowered to witness around the world. You have all of heaven right behind you. God may not throw you into a pulpit until you get some training, but I'm here to tell you, you're in no way less than a, than a son and daughter of God with the token on display. And when you walk down the street, if you walk down the street with the Holy Ghost on display, whether it's been for five days, five minutes, or five years, demons howl and faint as you approach. The fullness of adoption is the change of the body. So, so, we, so we realize then that Brother Branham is showing here that on that day when the dead for thousands of years shall raise, when the, when the headstone and the, and the, and the, uh, has come down upon the body and the dead in Christ have risen and we which are alive and remain are changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye, then of course that's full adoption. That's full power. That's, that's, that's when the, the dynamics will be applied to the mechanics. And Brother Brandon said it like this, mechanics become dynamics. Now that sounds cryptic until you realize, okay, so he said, he described a car with with all the mechanics, perfect. The engine, the tranny, everything works. The tires, everything's, everything's great. The car has no problem. It has a tank full of gas, but it still needs a fire, still needs spark. See, he said if the gasoline doesn't get the spark, it might as well be water for all the good it would do you. Now, it's not water. But if it doesn't get the spark of the Holy Ghost, it might as well be. See, just like you before you came to know the Lord in a new birth, you were always a gene child child of God. But you differed nothing from a servant, though actually you were Lord of all, but you had no allotment to you because you weren't born again. But once you're born again of the Holy Spirit, now you're not just an heir of God, you're a joint heir with Christ. So now it's not just that you have an allotment, but something's actually been allotted to you. And so, so when the spark strikes the gas, then the car will go down the road. And so when Brother Branham says dynamics, that he says mechanics, which is the word we're feeding on, that, that, that when all of this happens, the dead in Christ rise and we are changed, 
that that's the fullness of mechanics, the word, becoming dynamics. And you say, well, I'm not, I can't get a picture of that. Go get a tub of gasoline and drop a match, a lit match into it. Mechanics become dynamics immediately. You understand? It's not a gradual process. You take a fire and drop it into fuel, that fuel becomes the fire. You got me? Mechanics become dynamics. So now, now the, the, the thing of it is, we're not sitting back, sitting on our luggage, waiting on the old ship of Zion. As soon as I'm saying, just be a Christian and just be humble and just serve God and God will do it. But I'm here to tell you something, friends. There ought to be a pursuit in your spirit to say, Lord, let me grow high in the power and presence of Almighty God. Let me learn to use your word. Let me learn to have faith. Teach me thy ways. And sometimes we call that the process of adoption. But don't ever think of that as 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 suddenly up the road somewhere you actually become a sealed in son of God. You're sealed by the Holy Ghost from the day you're born again. So, so, and the fullness of adoption is the change of the body. But there certainly is that area of growth and maturity and that's where we are now. And you need to be aware of it. Otherwise, you're just a churchgoer. And I mean, you might even be a message-believing churchgoer. And the only... The, the, the only real energy is the warmth you leave on your seat. And there's, there's no, there, it doesn't project to anyone. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't even worship God. It does, it's not even aware that angels are moving around this building and God is now, an anointing is flowing off the platform. I'm here to tell you something, friends. Don't be asleep at the switch. God is doing something mighty in this hour. Oh my. Where are we at, Heath? Where's my last quote? All right, so let me catch up. All right, now. And now the dynamics of this great regime that they've got built. Now watch, see, because now it's not just the word. Now there's a, an energy and an anointing and revival even on anti-word. See? The dynamics of this church will, or he says, all right, now, now the dynamics of this great regime that they've got built with this big machine will work someday in the United Council of the World Council of Churches, which will make a forcing. But remember, you say, when that happens, see, remember, when that happens, it's going to be too late then for you. You're already in it. See, you're already in a tribulation. All right? You're already in it. See, it's too late. Whether you want to be or not, you're already there. Notice, you've already got that spirit upon you. So there is an anointing that convinces the world that the Antichrist is correct and they follow him all the way into a tribulation period. And somehow, some way, an anointing strikes the unwise virgin and she realizes when we're gone, no, I must not take the mark of the beast and she's hunted down like dogs and martyred for that faith but God has eternal life waiting on her at the judgment bar. 
But the tribulation is not your destiny. Your, tri- your destiny is when the dead in Christ from 2,000 years rise, you change, and we all rise together to meet the Lord in the air. And that dynamic is upon the church right now. Amen. From the token, we're going a little further. Went from the 24th now to we're in the 28th. In the token... In the day when the winds of the Spirit is blowing from east, north, west, and south, persuading people out of it and showing the people, and I'm looking for a time of a breaking forth. You see, this isn't just locked in Jerusalem like the early church. And this message isn't just locked in America. It's a global. They come from the east and west. They come from lands afar to feast with the king, to dine as his guest. How blessed these pilgrims are. Do you know you're a part of that pilgrimage? And so now it's not just one thing happening. It's not just God as the lightning comes out of the east, even under the west, and it, and it, and it comes out there in Central Europe, and then it jumps across to England, and then it jumps the pond and hits the west coast. And then, but now we realize that this thing is coming from, there's winds from east and north and west and south, and you've got an entire global pride. I'm here to tell you, you're part of a global family of God. See, and I'm looking for a time, a breaking forth of the Spirit of God in these last days that we're living in for another surge of the Holy Spirit. This is after the seals are open. He's looking for another surge of the Holy Spirit into the church for a rapturing faith just before, uh, just before he comes. Let me see where I'm at here. Uh, all right, now, just be, yeah, correct, just before he comes. And everything, and everything is sitting straight in order for that. And I believe that we're now at the time that the word should have preeminence. Do you realize that's the key? And a prophet is not talking about mental knowledge. The word should have preeminence. You know, rephrase that brother Jason Christ should be the center of your life he should be the center of your rising and walking and talking and your everyday movement when you lay your head on your bed at night when you rise in the morning I go to sleep I rise up give me Jesus I go to sleep I have Jesus I rise the next day give me Jesus I go through the day with him I go to sleep with him I wake up with him He's the center of my life. Brother Brenham said he, he wants to be first. He doesn't want to be second. He said he doesn't deserve to be second. See? So it should have preeminence. I believe that the time to lay aside our creeds, our thoughts, and come back to the word. Now, moving on uh, to the next day. Look away to Jesus. So now I'm going to say something to you now I haven't said all along and that is the thing we've looked, have looked forward to for so long for these last many years, four or five years, remember he started telling about it in our 1960, all right? And he was telling about it even in the 50s. Telling about the squirrels and telling about the fish and telling about these things, see? So he says, we have looked forward to it. Uh, many years, four or five years or maybe longer, the third pull 
has now been vindicated. I'm sure you all know what it is. Now remember, there will never be an impersonation of that because it can't be, cannot be. Now it's in existence, see? And I have, I am warned of this, that soon, right at this time now, it's just happened so it could identify its presence among you. It happened again, see? He said it's to identify its presence among you, but it will not be used in a great way until this council begins to tighten up. And when it does, when that does, the Pentecost and so forth can almost impersonate anything can be done. But when that time comes, when the squeeze comes down, then you'll see what you've seen temporarily be manifested in the fullness of its power. Now, all right, I think that's probably my last slide, Ethan. Yeah. So now, you know, I, I, I want you to be aware of something. And I'm sure you are, but maybe I can shock you and give you a little shock therapy today. The squeeze ain't coming. It's here. And you say, well, Brother Jason, I feel a little bit sad. Well, why? Well, because if the squeeze is here, then where's all this third pole dynamic power that you keep talking about? You're still standing, aren't you? You're still a believer, aren't you? Do you realize how impossible that is? Do you realize you're living in an age so dark no one could even see into it? Not even a prophet thought no one could survive that? Hello, survivors! Oh my, if it was possible, we could wave back at Brother Branham and say, we're still here! We're still alive! We're still a believer! God is doing more in you than you're aware of. Don't go chasing a thing! Don't make it a thing. This is about a life that's filled with the richness and the fullness of God operating in our home, operating on our job, operating in our life, operating when we go on vacation, operating in our recreation. It's a Christ-centered life and it's working. There is everything here to take you out. And it has taken out people who were perceived to be stalwarts among us that we thought could never, oh, if anybody, but certainly never this person, only to find out that they have been leveled by the God of this evil age. But I'm here to tell you today, say, how do you know that you won't be one of them, Brother Jason? Because I can tell you that I'm more of a believer now than I was yesterday. And I'm, yesterday was more than last week. And last week, more than last month, and tomorrow, when you see me, I'll be more of a believer than you see right now. I'm not, I'm not, I'm in no ways tired. I'm not discouraged. I feel God moving, stirring my soul, and he's, he's driving me to say to you, come on, Bethel Tabernacle, let us rise up. This is the hour for God to move. There's no time for lingering in the, in the things of the world. So I, I, you know, we have been looking at, at a number of the experiences Brother Branham had and two of them that I've been trying to get to and I've touched them briefly is the, the two episodes, one in the state of Indiana with red squirrels, one in the state of Kentucky two weeks later with gray squirrels. In both cases, animals were created by the spoken word like Abraham did in Genesis 18 when he needed a ram, because he, otherwise he needed a ram instead of his son. So this ain't God entertaining, this is about a need. 
You got a need today. You got a problem in your life. Why don't you just say, Lord, I believe I'm living in the hour where dynamic power can come upon my life right now and make me everything I need to be. I don't need to wait. So, Brother Brandon makes a number of statements and I'm just gonna go through it. Normally I'd be out of time. So I'm, I'm in overtime. All right, I've only been preaching 35, 38 minutes. All right, you good? So, Brother Brown talks about in the message, Speak to the Mountain, this is 1959. He's telling about the two incidents. He's going to tell about the red squirrels, about the grays, and then about the Sister Hattie Wright. See, and, and just speak. Whatever you say, you'll have it right now. And so he's, he's going to try to build his foundation and say, you know, that when, when that light that you see in the picture, how that he, he comes and whenever he reveals the scripture, he says, it's so perfect. And he said, I, I go to my Bible. I love that. Man, do I love that. He, he, he goes to his Bible to see if what the angel told him, you say, that's a lot of audacity. Does the angel get offended at that? No, the angel's counting on that. See, because even Satan can appear as an angel of light. And Brother Branham says, if he ever told me anything outside of his Bible, I wouldn't believe the angel. I would know he's not the angel of the Lord because the angel of the Lord will never disagree with his word. And no revelation you ever get will be contrary to the word. I don't care who you said gave it to you. I don't care what your surname is. If you take it upon yourself to reinterpret Paul's teaching on the fivefold ministry, who do you think you are? Not even William Branham had the authority. Not even, not even an angel from heaven. Not even Paul could change that. Paul laid down a clear teaching about the duties and the accomplishments of the fivefold ministry, what it would do, how it would work, when it would go all the way to a certain time, and nobody, no man, no angel, nobody has a right to reinterpret Paul's teaching. When William Brandon was here, everything he taught us about the fivefold ministry agreed with Ephesians 4. See, so, so exactly. So we find then that he, he goes on. He says, now, see, an angel could come and preach anything else, you know, that, 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 that Paul said it wasn't right, see. But if it's the word of God, the angel will verify that word every time to be the truth. If it's an angel of the Lord, if it's something off color, then don't you listen to it, see. I, I've, I've encountered people like that. I've encountered people who say, you know, almost use the same language. Like they're trying to, really what they're trying to do is say I'm kind of equal to the Elijah messenger of this day. The angel of the Lord walks before me. Okay, well then why is your doctrine left of center? Don't tell me the angel of the Lord, whatever's walking in front of you might not be the angel of the Lord. That voice you're hearing, you might need to go back and check it by the word and you're gonna have to say only what a prophet said. See? And so, so, so we find then that, that he, he, he goes on, and, and I'm, trying to, I'm trying to move through this quickly. And I can see, I won't try, I already feel in my spirit, the Lord's given me permission. I can stop at the end of this. I've got a whole other set of notes. I won't get to it today, but uh, I, I want to get to this. 
Because this really, if I can finish this today, this part right here will really, I'll feel like I have succeeded in anchoring this thought in you that this third pull is happening in real time. It's happening right now. And what you need to operate it is, and you say, well, I'm not sure I want to operate it. Good luck with that. You know, when the devil comes into your home and tries to wreck it and blow your family apart, you're going to wish you had perfect faith in operation. You're going to run to me then, oh, pray for me, Brother Jason, and all I'm going to do is tell you to get to an altar and repent. Because you need to go back to Calvary. You need to go back and have a fresh experience of the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost operating in you will operate his own word. You don't got to chase it or make it happen. See? And, and the real burden on my heart is that, 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 that every revival, if you want to have a revival, that starts with repentance. That starts with a contrite heart. That starts with humility before God. Hallelujah. I, I was announcing to you, <clears throat> I think I announced it that, I don't know if I did now, I think Thursday night, Thursday night at 6.30, the, we're calling for all the men. We've got meetings coming up, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. How many want to see God move? Amen. Amen. Well, 80% of you knew, hey, what about your other 20%? How many want to see God move? Amen. How many want your, your, your young people to be full of the Holy Ghost? How many, how many are sick? How many have financial needs? How many have marriage problems? Come on, we want to see God move. And I met with my ministry team the other night. I said, brothers, we are going to be like a fire starter. When you got a whole big fire and you got a little fire starter, you pop it in there and light that and it burns the whole thing. I said, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna partner with our dear brother Don Gurgle who's been our hero. And the, and the other brothers and different ones, a few of the other brothers who have been so faithful with Brother Don for the men's prayer meeting. And I said, we're going to be a fire starter and we're going to have all of these men, get them to praying, get them calling on the, on the, on the spirit of God. Listen, friends, you want, a, you want a spiritual church? You want a spiritual church? That starts with the men. It has to start with the men. And if you want spiritual men, that has to start with prayer. And if you want God to move and have a revival, that starts with contrition and repentance and laying before God in humility. And I'm here to tell you, God has sent a ministry team here and they are in solidarity. One brother said, Brother Jason, I've been looking all my life for a church who would do this and go forward and we're gonna meet here on Thursday night at 6.30 and we want all the men and all the older boys to come here and call on God. How many wanna call on God? And I would invite every one of you mothers, get your children, say we're gonna pray for daddy. He's going to the house of God. He's gonna call on God for us. He's gonna be Boaz. He's gonna step in the gap. We're gonna get down and pray for dad. It's not a time for sisters to have a social gathering. It's time for you to be praying for your man so that he can come here and call God on the scene. How many sisters are willing to do it? How many brothers are willing to come and say, I will take the way with the Lord's despised few and I want to call God on the scene. We're not just trying to do it for our meetings. We're trying to set it in permanent. We're trying to set it in permanent. I'm here to tell you something, friends. The rapture of the bride is very close. 
It's very close. And if there was ever a time when you need to be on fire for God, it is right now. It is right now. These things that you read, God is still ready to do them in even a greater way, even more than just standing, but actually to do great exploits for God. Mm. So he says here, watch now. So that was the two things. That the third pull happens in real time and that it's not always like you think. Not always like you think. And it, call, and, and it calls for a fresh repentance. Those two things. It's happening in real time, but not always like you think. When Brother Brown talks about the red squirrels, it's pretty straightforward. Not a whole lot of confusion. He does, he's, he's very much distressed over this voice talking to him. And saying, taking him back to Mark 11, if you say to this mountain. And that's strange. He's like, but that's, how is that possible? Everything's got to be in the atonement. And Christ hasn't even been offered yet. And why is that promise coming before it? And he's like, I don't understand what that means. Until God clears it up with him that it's not you doing the talking. It's not you saying to the mountain. It's me through you. So the whole key then is for you to live in a surrendered state so I can. You get that? So he says, if you say to this mountain, be plucked up, cast in the sea, don't doubt, but believe in your heart that what you've said will come to pass. I don't have this on PowerPoint on purpose. I'm just reading snippets. Then you can have what you've said. Now, See, he says, I, I could not understand it. How, how could it be that I would say something as a man, see? Well, if I said something that wasn't, what if I said something that was according to his word and asked something not according to his word? Then it would have to come to pass. But Jesus said, if you say, see? And so, you know, he, it, it puzzled him. How can this be? And so he goes, like often when we do, when we're needing some mental relaxation and the cares of life have gotten to us, he tries to go into the woods, tries to go for a little recreation. Unfortunately, the angel Lord just followed him. Go do, go run, run, take a vacation, go take 10 of them. Go to the sea, go to the islands, go to the mountain. You know, go see Muhammad, bring Muhammad, whatever. <laughs> you know, go, go, go do what you want, live a life of of Riley and recreation, but the Holy Spirit will just walk around and drill holes in you until you come to humility and agree with God's word. Try to hide, try to, try to, try to not be a part of God's body. Good luck with that. Because God has determined he's going to have a body that's unified and brought together. So he says, so he goes on. All right, let me, let me, let me try to keep moving here. All right, so he says, um, he starts telling about the story in the boat, and I've mentioned this to you before. And, you know, his son, Brother Joseph, squeezes a little kitten, it rolls around, dies, and he's standing in the boat, and he, there's going to be a great miracle, and God has already warned him about it. There's going to be something great happen. He says, what will it be, Brother Bill? He said, I don't know. We'll just see. And they're, stand, they're sitting in, in the fishing boat. 
and he does, he breaks a cardinal rule. You don't, you know, you're not in a little, a little, a little small. If you ever seen Brother Branham's boat, Billy Paul actually has it now. I mean, three men in it. You don't want nobody standing up. That's like the wrong thing to do. And and the Holy Spirit says, stand up. And he stands up. And Lyle says, looks at Banks, says, what is he doing? He says, just watch him. Hold on, something's happening. And here's a little fish that's been dead on the water. A little sunfish been dead for hours, laying there floating with its entrails outside of its mouth, floating. And, and he says, speak to the fish and give him back his life. Now, that's astonishing enough. And he speaks, little fishy, Jesus Christ gives you back your life. And immediately, entrails went back in, or I don't know what happened. Maybe they vanished and new ones replaced it. All I know is little fish fish flipped over and went as hard as he could back down into the pond. Alive and well. Probably hadn't felt that good in years. (laughs) Wow, I got to bite that hook more often. (laughs) And 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 the thing that really got Brother Branham was this. He said, I was amazed. He said, because in my pocket, I had a list of more than 300 children, spastic children with terrible crippling diseases that I was praying for. And he said, why would God, it blew the prophet's mind. You know, here he's talking about, you know, this great dynamics will come and, you know, a fresh surge of the Holy Spirit and it's going to be the thing we've worked and it's done in a little way, but it's going to be great. You think, my goodness, you're to think this would have been resurrecting at least a whale, but it's a little fish. And he says, with spastic children, and he said, but God was doing it to show me that in the third pool, with all that power, with all that world-building, world-creating power, he even cares about the little things. I'm here to tell you, there's third pull for your little things. You know what that says to me? That there's really nowhere you should be living outside of under that anointing. There's no, there's no, no, you say, I just want to live a simple life. It works in the simple life. Don't, don't think Satan won't come into your simple life. So I, I don't want to pay the price. I just, just leave me alone. I'll be a Christian. I'll be a believer, but I just don't want to be all that spiritual. Oh, you are a, oh my goodness, are you setting yourself up to be a target? You think Satan doesn't catch what you're doing? You're going to find yourself in a position where you're going to need God real fast, and it's going to take you a long time to get back where you need to be. And so he says... So he, he, he goes on. I, I want to keep moving. So he says, human beings laying, dying, cancer, cases, leukemia, all kinds of sickness around the world and everywhere, and he would bring a little fish back to life. So then they go, and they're at another place. Now he's telling all these stories. This is Brother Branham's narrative. I can't tell it as good as he does. Go, go listen to speak to the mountain. It's gripping. And he, he says, you know, me and Brother Banks, we were at a certain place. And he said, I, I took him up into the Adirondacks to show him that place where I had hunted bear and left my wife and child and they were in the tent and I got lost. And, you know, God didn't remember he and the Lord let, led him back. And he said, and that's where he come back and preached a guide. And he said, I was showing, he said, I was showing Brother Woods all these places. I was right here and Mita and, and Billy was right here. And I went over here and I was chasing a bear, tracking a bear. And he says, all of a sudden, he said, something happened. And he said, I felt something happening. And he said, I stepped to the side. And he said, all of a sudden, I just started shaking. And he didn't didn't even know what was happening. He just started shaking. And he said, the the Spirit of God spoke to him and said, be very careful. There's a trap set for you. Satan's got a trap. Be very careful. What is it? That was it. That's all he got. 
And he, and he goes back into the next day and he tells all the brothers, pray for me. Satan's got a trap set for me. What is it, Billy? I don't know. Just pray for me. He didn't tell me everything. See, sometimes life's like that. God, God, God is allowing, you know, don't listen. When Brother Brenham is operating this kind of divine power, don't think the devil is not watching on the sidelines and crafting a plan. You know that the Zulu nation, the Zulu tribe, when they faced the British regulars on their front lines, you know what they would do? You know what the Zulu king would do? He would send forth sacrificial troops to charge the front lines just to count the number of guns the British had and see what kind of weaponry they had. And all he's doing is testing their defenses. Don't think that Satan won't come in at great expense to his kingdom and test your metal and see what you're really made out of. And he's, he comes the next night and he's in a meeting and he said, and just a few nights later, here come a young boy and a young girl and they're acting vulgar out in the seats and here he's saying, young man, don't do that. Take that young lady and go somewhere respectable. This is the house of God. And he said, oh, he laughed at me and all these people, thousands of people and you know the deacons are ready to pounce and Brother Brown's just trying to handle it. Don't do that, young man, please. This is the house of God. And all of a sudden that anointing drops on him and the angel of the Lord says, say what'll happen to him. Say what it'll be. They're in your hands. You're now judge, jury, and executioner. Say what it'll be. You're now God on the scene. Say what it'll be. And Brother Brandon said, I stopped and I thought, now watch, here's this whole real time human stuff. And a prophet said, I thought, what do I do? What, Lord, what do I say? I don't even know what to do. What, well, help me, Lord. You help me. I didn't know what to say. What should I say? And he said, as I was thinking it, before I could think, he said, something uttered through me, I forgive you. And that broke the power of that devil and they, that, was, that was over and they left. And Brother Branham said, see, Satan was trying to set a trap for me to get me to use it in his own strength, but God, rich in mercy, come down. You know what, you know what enabled a prophet to be bulletproof against a mistake? Was his sincerity and his consecration and his dedication. And I'm here to tell you that'll be your only, that'll be your bulletproof vest also. That'll be the only thing keeping you on the right path. God is training a prophet so we can read the stories and learn how this is operating. This isn't about making somebody great. This isn't about you making a decision. This isn't about you going forward in your own zeal. This is about humility. This is about a mind that's so sold out to God that God can just speak through you and you'll move. And so he says, oh God, what must I do? See, he says here now, he says, I know it was all leading to something, but what was it? There's a prophet. I, he, he, I knew it was leading to something, but what was it? What to do, he says. You know, you have to watch with the divine gift what you do with it. Remember what Moses did. He starts talking about, you know, Moses smote the rock twice. He talks about John. Some people criticize him and John was ready to call fire down out of heaven. Do you realize why God is in such control of this end time, friends? 
Because now we've come to the point of the harvest of the whole earth. Brother Branham said, said, see, Genesis was the sowing chapter. Almost like a former rain. It's almost like a sowing of seed. And now he says, now he's come 6,000 years all the way to the end and now we're in harvest time. And 6,000 years, I'm here to tell you, God is not taking any chances. He's not allowing you to be a Moses and strike the rock twice. He's not gonna allow you to be John and call fire down on people. And what he's doing is he's trying trying to get you under his complete control like a prophet to say, I forgive you. And that breaks the spirit. You don't, you, you don't have to say anything more than just what God can speak through you. Amen. So he says, you know, the, he says Jesus came to save life, not destroy it. So just his mercy, see, be careful what you said. He said, and from then on, after he did that, after he passed that test, he said, from then on, there was a relief come. Then about I began to notice the different things that I would speak out unconsciously. So now we've got a number of instances where Brother M tells on tape, here's a whole collection of stuff he don't even tell. Just like Jesus, if everything he ever did, the, the books, the, the world couldn't contain the books. And he says, from that moment, once I passed that test, from that moment, I just began to unconsciously speak things and there it would be. Unconsciously speak things and there it would be. This this, my friends, is the point where we have arrived to. This was all, all of this was, was a precursor. It was God. That's why Brother Branham said, and look away to Jesus. It's not gonna be used. It's only showed you that it's here. It's identified itself. But it will be used as that system begins to tighten up. Amen. See, so he says, I begin to speak things unconsciously. So now he goes to Indiana. He's got two weeks. He's got a week or I think less than a week left of hunting season in Indiana. He's going to go squirrel hunting for red squirrels. And he said, you know, I, 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 you know, I, I was tired. I wanted to catch a little nap. And he says, I, I scooted down in between these two trees to warm myself. It's cold. I was going to lay in the, in the sun. And, and he said, that scripture came to me again. You know, whatsoever you say, believe. What you shall say come to pass. You can have what you said. Well, I thought, why does that scripture keep coming to me when I can't even preach on it? I mean, this is what I said a while ago. Prophet's just trying to go hunting. So go ahead, try to run. Go ahead, go hunting, go fishing. Go to Disney, go, go to California, go wherever you want. Go to Europe, take a trip. You won't escape this angel. You've arrived at the time and you're God's people. You understand, this, there's no escaping this. I'm, I just say, Lord, I don't even want to escape it. I want to raise up my hands and surrender to it. Why does that scripture keep coming to me? Can you, can you feel a prophet being a human being? Can he be a human? Everybody be okay if we let Brother Branham just be a human? And he says, so, you know, I, I didn't know. Well, I, I, here's what I'll say if I ever get asked, and I don't really know what to say, but here's what I'll say. And he said, then all of a sudden something spoke to me because Brother Branham said, so yeah, so it must be that, you know, because before the atonement and then after the atonement, so my answer will be this, that, and yeah, well, it was before the atonement. And he, and he said, then something spoke to me and said, what about the prophets? And said, what, when I, when, he said, it began to unfold to me. And the voice kept talking. What do you think that taking place in the meeting when you're standing there? Do you think you're the one who knows those people? Do you think that it's you that can predict and say in those people that you're doing on a certain, certain thing and a certain, certain thing and happen and a certain, certain thing will happen? And do you think that's you? And he says, 
Oh my, and I thought, surely not, Lord, it's you. He says, well then, do you think it's you talking? When I say to you, say to this mountain, do you think that's you talking? And he says, no. He says, do you think it, do you think it was in the prophets talking? Had you not just come I mean, here is the angel of the Lord giving him the what for? He's trying to get, he's trying to catch a nap. Angel of the Lord, sit up. This is too important. I gotta get you to understand this. This has gotta go on tape. And people are gonna have to sit in the 21st century and hear it and realize we're here, we've arrived. You just got through preaching that the prophets was so anointed with the Holy Spirit it wasn't them that done the speaking, it was the Holy Spirit and them crying out, then whatever you say, if you're anointed, wouldn't be you saying it, it would be the Holy Spirit saying it. And now the prophet is starting to come clear. Well, I thought that's right. If the person through the atonement sanctified by the blood of Jesus Christ can, listen, oh, listen, I got you. You haven't, you haven't went to Walmart on me, have you? All right, listen. If a person through the atonement sanctified by the blood of Jesus Christ can live in a sphere with God so close that he can be wrapped so completely in God by the blood of Jesus that it wouldn't be him talking, it would be the Holy Spirit. Amen. Someone who's born again but who can live in a sphere with God so close. He says, till the anointing of the Holy Spirit struck me. At that moment, it struck me like I had never had in all my life. God knows that. I raised up to my feet. I got scared. He's a human. I got scared and something said to me, now, now is the beginning of your new ministry. Now, ask what you will and it'll be given to you. He goes on telling it. And he says, you know, ask what you will and it shall be given to you. And I'm, I'm, I'm confirming the things that I will do. And I, and I said, now watch this now. And I said, but what, what should I? I thought, who am I, who am I talking to? I felt like I'd lost my mind. He says, I thought, who am I talking to? I don't see a person. Where's that light at? It, it's usually the one that talks to me. There's no light here. Who are you? What do you want? Here's a prophet almost having a nervous breakdown. This angel won't leave him alone. Amen. Who are you? What do you want with me? Say the word. Speak it. I thought something said, ask what you will. I was thinking of that scripture in Mark 11, ask what you will. I thought, well, what would I ask for? I love this statement. Oh, I love this statement. I love this statement. He said, well, what would I ask for? There's no sick people here. Can you imagine if that was an invitation to all of these TV evangelist charlatans out there and the Lord just said, ask what you want? Could you imagine how many Gulfstream jets would be parked in their driveway? Can you imagine... Can you imagine the size of their new word-created tabernacle and their satellite programs they would call down? And here's a prophet being offered by God, just ask anything. And the only thing in his mind he can even think to ask is if any of you are sick. And people want to criticize a man like that. Oh, my. 
there's no sick people here. What, what could I do? I thought, there's no, maybe, maybe I'm beside myself. What would I ask for? And something said this as plain as you hear my voice, aren't you hunting? And you have no game? Do you, are you, are you with me understanding that this is in real life? This is just everyday life. This is not super spectacular fireworks exploding. This is God trying to walk around in your everyday life. And he says, aren't you hunting? You have no game? And I said, I thought, well, you know, if I'm doing anything wrong, Lord, you forgive me. He's still not even sure. Voice talking to him. He's not even sure if he's insane. (laughs) And he says... You give me a vision, said it be confirmed, a little building somewhere in a meeting. When, when the tent gets started, said, is this what it's leading to? If it is, Lord, then I'll take you at your word. See, and so, so he, just, he just said, I'm just gonna make it impossible. Being a hunter, he knew where squirrels would be and being a hunter, he knew where they wouldn't be. So he names three places where they wouldn't be. As a hunter, he knew they'll never be there. So I'll say right here, and the other one will come this way, and the other one will go up and run out that limb. And he said, there's some farmers over there with their hay. And he said, he'll run out and look out that limb, and he'll stand there and watch those farmers. And, and he says, and, I, and all of a sudden, he says, I, I looked, and I found that old locust thicket. And he says, and, I, and, and there he was. It was impossible. And there was the squirrel exactly where I said. And he said, you know, I, I took the shot. And, you know, and I I never shoot one that I don't get a clean. He's talking about a clean shot on him, not reading his exact words. And he he said, I said, that's 50 yards. That's about the distance across this building. And I said, there come a young red squirrel and sit on that old naked limb out yonder and I'll shoot him from here. And there come the squirrel. I turned the gun, aimed through the little telescope sight, seen his eye, shot it, dropped down. I walked over to look at it. I thought, it's bleeding. A vision don't bleed. And he goes on to tell. So I stood there just a bit and I, and I said, Lord, if that was you, you know, the, 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 the Bible talks about, you know, there's just two or three witnesses because right away a second one come. And he shot the second one right where he said it would be. And now uh, he's waiting and a third one's not coming. So look at this human being, look at this human being with human being ups and downs and weaknesses like the old Elijah had. And he just, he starts reasoning, well, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to get the third one, okay. Uh, the, the Bible says two or three witnesses, so two, okay, I've still got a witness, I'm still good, everything's fine, I'm just going to go, thank you, Lord, for the two I got. And the voice says, uh, no, you said three. Well, I mean, two's a witness to it, no, but you, you already said it, you already said it, now go back and get that squirrel. And he goes back and, and, and he, he, he starts telling the story. I'm trying not to read it all. And he said, I thought, you know, it, it, it'll come another squirrel and sit over there and then a bunch of grapevines. And I, and I took my, I, right in those grapevines. And he said, I took my finger down. There was no squirrel. And he said, I thought, hmm. Now he's thinking. And before he can think too long, he said, and all of a sudden, he said, I looked back and I thought, what is that? Pulled up my telescope and there was a squirrel looking right at me. 50 yards, I shot the squirrel, walked over, picked him up. Wasn't a vision. Wasn't a vision, it was a squirrel. I eat him. So I eat him. So I picked up that one and I thought, oh my. Oh, he said, I just felt real funny. I thought, you know, and then, and, then, and that, that's actually how he got from the second one. And now he goes to what I've already told you about the third one. And he has to go back. I'm gonna have to skip it because I'm so out of time now. And he says, but you wanted three. And I didn't hear a voice, but something just inside of me said that. And I said, it shall come to pass that a young squirrel go out on that limb, sit on the end of that limb and look over the farmers cutting their corn, shucking their corn, and I'll kill him. 
and this will be three right here, and I, it'll be that way. And I stood there a minute, no squirrel looked back. Five minutes passed, no squirrel. Well, I thought, well, it is enough anyhow, and that's when the Lord's sending him back. He won't let him go. The scripture says, if you'll not doubt it in your mind, you already spoke it, don't doubt it in your mind. I waited up against the side of the tree. He said, how could a squirrel ever go out there? I said, well, I guess I'll just move along and I'll be going home now. He's still trying to go home. Here's an angel talking to him and he's already shot too. And he's still reasoning. Listen, friends, I hope that this will encourage you today. I'm not here to tell you we're gonna have all the answers and we know how it's all gonna go. I'm here to tell you if you wanna be insulated, have the Spirit of God moving in and out of your life. And I, and he says, and I, I said, no. He said, and the Holy Spirit said, are you doubting? Are you? Now listen to what he says. The, the voice said, he said, God, he said, are you doubting? He said, God knows how to school you. Are you doubting what you said? I said, no, I'm not doubting. And just as I said that coming out of the limb there, a young squirrel walked out into the limb, stood there and looked over the farmer, shot him right there, making them three squirrels. And I said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see if there's another squirrel in the territory. And I sat there about three hours, was three hours late to pick up Brother Sothman. He said, I didn't even hear another footstep for three more hours. And then he goes to Kentucky. And he starts talking about, you know, the gray squirrel is a little, a little smaller. And he, he goes there and, oh, he said, oh, this, there's no way. This is, no. He's thinking about that. He knows what happened just two weeks ago. And it's on his mind that maybe it could happen again. But you know why he doesn't even want to try it? Because the conditions are too impossible. He don't want a chance that he might fail. It's rainy, it's cold, it's snowing. There's, all the leaves are down. I sound like I heard an antelope walking through here. Uh, it's okay, Lord, we're not gonna push it. Oh, friends, do you understand God is trying to get you to push beyond your boundaries, get you to push into the realms that might be a little uncomfortable to believe God for every word? How many wanna have that kind of life? Oh, no, it's too unlikely this morning. Sure enough, no, no squirrels here. Mm, no, not this time of year. And I was walking along like that. It struck me again, said, ask what you will. I mean, I could imagine myself going, can you please leave me alone? My nerves can't handle another one. And I stopped. I put my gun down, took off my hat, and I said, Heavenly Father, I'm down here in these mountains. What's, what's these things about? What, what are you doing? What's this about? Is that you speaking to me? Is it you, Lord? Where are you at? I usually see that light. Where are you at? Speak to me, Lord. If there's anything you want me to do, I'll do it. You don't have to chase me out here. I'll do it. But you see, God's got him in school for you and me. And I said, and it said, ask what you will and it'll be given to you. And I said, then if it be you, I shall have my three squirrels this morning, gray squirrels, the reds in Indiana. And I said, I'll, I'll have my three squirrels. Something said, which way will they come from? And I said, oh, well, one will come this way and one will come back that way and another will come from up that way. And I leaned up against a little tree and waited a few minutes. I didn't see any squirrels. Getting late, time to go almost. I looked back across the hill, way up about 150 yards, I guess. I seen something. I thought, what is that? Is that a squirrel? And I, he, he takes his rifle. I knelt down, you know, on my knees and laid my gun across the side, you know, of my head. And, 
And he, and he, he wasn't even sure if it was a squirrel until he saw it move. And then he took a shot three times further than he normally would take. See, and I, and I said, and I said, that then, the next one will have to come this way. And so he wheels around. He's going to, there's another one coming up this way. And he wheels around and I, and I just turned myself on the tree and I said, it'll come that way. I waited about 15 minutes here. Here come a squirrel. What happened to my sound here? Uh, something suddenly got very echoey. Um, all right, see if you can fix that, Brother Jackson. Don't know why, it sounds like I'm in a well. So he says, so then I, another one will come up this way. So I just turned myself on the tree and I said, it'll come up this way. I wait about 15 minutes. Thank you. And here come a squirrel. I throwed another shell up in the gun and leveled down. And just I started to level down, another squirrel. He calls it a second. And you have to follow his language because he's telling the story. And he's already shot one. So this, this, this is a second one. And then he says, and then a second one come, meaning the third one. Because now he's, he's got a beat on the, on the number two. All right. And so he says, and so here, he, so I might, I might just help you and, and, and insert my, so, so you understand it, so I don't have to keep explaining that. So here come another one, and I said, oh, praise the Lord. There, there, there's my other one. There, that's going to be my, my last one, and, and there they are. And I raised up, and I shot the first one, killed him right dead. See, that's number two. Hit him right through the eye. And then the other squirrel, he, he run and jumped up on a log and it run down over like, uh, picked up a hickory nut and started eating on it. Just a perfect shot, about 50 yards, I thought. There's, there's my last one. There it is. That's one, two, three. Just what I said. I laid my gun down and shot and I hit the log. And he said, now, out of, uh, out of about 149 squirrels this year, I've only missed five shots. So then I thought, wow, how did I miss that squirrel? Never scared him. He jumped up, run back around the other side of the log and stood. I looked around. I put another shell in the gun. I thought, I'll get him this time. I leveled down right across with a hair right across as I pulled the trigger and I hit about two feet under him. And I said, my gun's out. No, it wasn't. You know what was wrong? That, that, what was wrong was that third one he was trying to kill wasn't the one he spoke into existence. Because the, because the third one was supposed to come from another way. And it just so happened this, this expendable crewman squirrel jumped in the path of the number two and almost got killed. But his bullets were going low and high and left and right and he couldn't hit him and he's only 50 yards away and he's a dead shot. Can drive a tack at 50 yards. And he said, I, my gun's out. Oh, my goodness. And so he says, he says, why? He, he jumped off the log, run right broadside of me. I said, well, I haven't, I haven't shot a squirrel sideways in a long time. Now he's going to break his own rule. He's not going to shoot him in the eye. He's just so desperate. Do you hear the humanity? Do you hear the humanity? This, this is you and me. I'm trying to make it human to you so you don't think this is some you know, supercalifragilistic exbialidocious somewhere I can never attain it. You can. You can attain it. It's for human people. It's for common Christians. It's what God is trying to do for us in this hour. And he said, I, th I haven't shot one in cyber a long time, but I'm going to see if this gun's out or not. I said, I'll certainly get him this time. Maybe I'm just cold and shaking. So I got a little limb, leaned across it. Gun pulled the bush, leveled down. I was right broadside, not over 35 yards away. The squirrel's running down the hill, right across the mid-center of him, pulled the trigger. I don't know where I hit. I missed that squirrel, and I was out of shells in my little old gun. I, squirrel went up over the hill, 
I thought, wow. There I missed three straight shots in the whole season. only missed five. How could that be? And he said, then I happened to think, I couldn't have got that squirrel. I said the other one would come from this way. There's two. There was three. But his word is perfect. You understand, friends, what this is meaning? That you don't have to be afraid. God is not even going to let you do the wrong thing. It's not about you might be wrong. It's not you talking. It's not you deciding. It's Him deciding. It's Him talking. Who's He talking through? Anybody who's willing to live up in that sphere and be close to God. That's what's happening. That's what this whole series is about. We are at the time of the unsealing. These are the things that God is ready to do among us. I'm going to finish up right here. I started, now he's got a, you know, now this third one, two of them was there, but his word is perfect, see? He'd already said three. I started waiting to almost start. I said, if the other squirrel comes, I'm going to have to shoot him up real close because there, there's a thicket here and he has to come down through, the, through this thicket because that's the way he said he would come. Because remember, he made it impossible when he thought he had plenty of time. See, he made it impossible never imagining what was going to transpire. And the angel of the Lord just standing there watching it all, taking it all in. And so he says, I'd have to shoot him real close. He's got to come down through this thicket. I don't know what he can get. Well, I thought, well, it wasn't so this time. Okay. I, I knew it, Lord. You know, I knew it. It was pretty stormy today. I, you know, I probably got messed up with that other squirrel. And I'm sorry. It's on me, Lord. It's my fault. I know I'm not going to get that third one. But it's not your fault, Lord. It's on me. It's okay. I got two. Uh, I messed up. You know, I should have I, I not wasted all my bullets on that other squirrel. I should have knew I couldn't shoot him. And so and now he's ready to go. See, it wasn't so this time. The anointing maybe. Maybe I just happened to get those two. So I went over and picked up my squirrels and started home. And it was real dark in the hollow. And I started down through the hollow. Something said to me, what about that other squirrel? Oh, boy. Here we go again. And I said, well, I already got two. It's, it's too late now. I can't even see through my scope hardly. It's too late to get one. I mean, you know, is this going to be Joshua turning the sun? Am I going to be Hezekiah turning the sundial? Is, is, am I going to make Joshua make the sun stand still? And it's too late to get one. I started on down. Now here's, a, here's the voice of God spoke to a prophet and said, what about that other squirrel? And now he's saying, he reasons it out. Well, it's too dark, can't see. Here's my scope, can't do it, too dark. And he says, and so I just, after the Lord even said that, I'm still headed on down. I just said, Lord, I'm so glad to read this humanity because it gives me a hope. It gives me, I can feel. I can just say, Lord, you are tra- this is my training. You're putting him through training. It was for our examples. See? So that's why I kept telling you, friends, this third pull, don't get it in your mind that it's just all something super spectacular. It might just be everyday life for when you need him at the right moment and the word will come upon you. Oh, he said, so it's too late. And I headed on down and something said, turn and go back and get that other squirrel. Now the Holy Spirit is not even going to let his word fail. A man's word. The angel of the Lord is not even going to let a man's word fail. 
Go back and get that other squirrel. You've already said it. And he, he, tells, he goes through the whole story. And he shoots the squirrel. And he, he, he shot at it. I'll just, I'll just give you the, 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 speed, the speed story. And he, he find, here's a third one. And he, he said, I barely saw it. Just the sunlight coming up over the hill. Just barely any light at all. And he said, I thought, what is that? And he put his, and he said, I didn't think it was a squirrel till it moved. And he said, so I put it and I shot it. And he said, and it, and he said, it, it jumped down off the tree and took off running. And he said, oh man, uh, he, and then he said, right then, right then, another squirrel, right where he jumped down and out of Brother Branham's sight, another one come from right there and ran up another tree. He said, oh, there he is. I got him now. He jumped from that tree to that tree. I'll shoot again. And he shot him. And he said, that time, buddy, kerplunk. He said, I heard him hit kerplunk. He said he was dead. This man had shot enough squirrels to know when one hit the ground dead. And now he goes walking up through there and he's headed for the one he shot until suddenly he comes on the one he thought he missed. That he thought ran down the tree and ran up over there. No, it ran down the tree and died and another one ran up that tree. That's a fourth one. Is this, is this microphone gone again? The pulpit. Oh, the wireless isn't here, but I'll just, I'll just try to stay close. All right, not sure why. I'm still, still green here. All right, so I'm going to turn it off. <clears throat> you still good? Yeah. Well, I'm in overtime today, ain't I? And so he, he comes along, and now here's, this, now here's this third one, and that's obviously a fourth one. He must have killed a fourth one. And now he's all excited and he's all happy. And now he's got his three squirrels, and now he's going to get a fourth bonus. But he can't find it. But he knows he shot it. And he goes down. Finally, he's got his three. He leaves. He goes down. He meets the brothers. He tells them the story. He says, now, I think that fourth one, he went into a log. I reached a stick in there, and I, fl- I could feel him flipping. Uh, he was dead. And he said, I'll go back tomorrow and get him. And they're all rejoicing. And he said, you know, it'll be there. Don't worry. I shot that fourth one. He said, God gave me a fourth one, gave me three, gave me one for good measure. And praise the Lord. And they're sitting around, you know, talking about that. And then here's, here's a deacon. No offense, Brother Luther. So... Here's a deacon innocently, you know, says, goes into a prayer for the next day. Lord, to, to prove that the prophet is telling the truth, let him find that fourth squirrel. And Brother Brown said about fainted. And he thought, Brother Tony, have I, Brother Tony Zabel was his deacon. He said, have I, you know, been this long with you? You, you think I wouldn't be telling the truth? You think I would lie about something like that? And he's not saying that. He's just it hurt his feelings. So can you believe somebody who can operate the third pull can get her feelings hurt? <laughs> Can you believe somebody who can speak animals into existence can get their feelings hurt? Yep. See? You think somebody like that can still be suffering a little bit of a complex? Yep. This is real life, friends. This is real life. And and the the next day, they're going to go back. And he says, as he started up through there to get that fourth one, because now... Now, it wasn't even supposed to be that. It really, the fourth one was just a bonus. Had nothing to do with the, with the Lord saying it. Just, he just happened to shoot a fourth one. So, so really, he doesn't even like that Brother Tony's putting that one in with the vision. He said, that had nothing to do with it. That's a bonus one. That's for free. The three, I, he told me and I got them. The story's over. And so he says, well, he says, we'll see anyhow. <laughs> It'll be there anyhow, Brother Branham. Don't you worry. Now, Brother Branham's all stressed. He's going back up the mountain. 
And he says, something said to him, what if that squirrel isn't in there? Now what? And there your own deacon will say that you're not right. (laughs) And I started to walk on. I thought, well, I sure hope it's there. That's one thing, sure, I certainly hope, and I've, I've never said nothing about that squirrel. You all understand how many understands what this is about. Sure, the three squirrels is what I spoke about. The fourth one had nothing to do with it, but the Lord knows how to train and what to do. So going on up there, that anointing struck me again and said, if it isn't there, say it'll be there, and you'll find that squirrel. Amen. Now that anointing fell on him. And I said, Lord, I'm taking you at your word. And I said, now here was the problem. What he said was a little vague. And I said, I shall find the squirrel. I know a little while later he was kicking himself for not saying exactly where. (laughs) But he just said, I shall find that squirrel. Up on the mountain I went. I thought, no need me fearing anymore because I'm going to find it. That's all. I done said it. And the Lord said when that anointing was on me, I said anything, it'd be that way. So I'm just going on. He just went on hunting. He didn't go get it. He just went, he said, went on and enjoyed his day, hunted around, done all this, done all that. And he said, well, you know, it's getting about time. I guess I better go get that squirrel I spoke into existence. And I looked down there and he said, uh, I, 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 I got my knife and I cut that log open and he said, I reached down in there to get my squirrel and I realized I was looking down in there, I was picking up some roots and it was falling some roots under. They was laying in this old snag and I thought, oh my. And we're supposed to be there exactly nine o'clock. So I thought, now with no squirrel, now I'm gonna go back and I don't even have the one I told. And now I spoke it into existence and it's not even here. And oh my, that morning, listen to what he says. Oh my, that morning was terrible. (laughs) Oh, it was, it's a blizzard going on and I thought that's terrible. And I thought, well, there's only one thing I can do to prove it. Lord, it wasn't your fault. Lord, it's not on you. See, because you told me to speak and I spoke those three and that three was there. But Brother Tony just misunderstood it. That's all. He just misunderstood. And I said, I'm just going to go back down there and pick them up and the other brother and bring them here. And I'm going to show them what happened. I was mistaken. I thought it was roots. It's, I thought it was a squirrel. I'm sorry. You know, so I had nothing to do with the three. Uh, here's the stump just to let them know. And I thought I was right. Okay. I told the truth about knowing the squirrel was there and I, and I put it and I started down the hill and something said to me, but you said coming up, you'd find that squirrel amen oh you just don't know what that does to me you said you shall find the squirrel I thought where could I find him here's the woods not a leaf on a tree they're all piled up around here there there's the tree where the squirrel fell and I he's you know he he's just I don't what am I gonna do you know and, and, and there's the squirrel and there's the tree and here's the one thing he, he could have hid under it and it had been this log and I, I took everything apart. I took it to pieces and, and not another hole in a tree nowhere and there's only one place and he's not there. And he said, but you said you would find it. Amen. Well, I kicked around in the leaves and everything. I thought, oh, Billy, you went off the deep end and I started going down and started said, and, that, and he started going down again. And the voice said, but you said you'd find it. Come on. 
And I thought, well, that's right. I said, oh, when the anointing was on me and I, I find the squirrel. And, and that's a confirmation of the ministry began to begin again. And then, and then the squirrel's got to be here somewhere. I can't find it. Where is it at? And something said, look under that piece of bark. And I went and I picked it up. I started. I said, yes, sir. Now praise the Lord. It's under that bark. And he said, and I went over and I picked up the piece of bark. And something said, but what if it isn't under there? What if it isn't under there? Oh, I said, it'll be under there. And I picked it up and there was no squirrel. (laughs) And I thought there's something funny. I said, that was the same inspiration that told me the three would be there. The same inspiration. See, now he's going back on his history with God. God had never failed him. And now it didn't matter how stressful life was becoming he knew God had never failed it didn't matter he kept guessing at it he kept being wrong he guessed at it again the angel would speak to him he'd try to ignore it and go home no go back okay well I still can't okay I'm going home again no go back okay well I still can't so I'm going home again you go back and find it okay I don't know where it is find it well where would I look Go, go look under that piece of bark. Okay, but what if it's not there? It's not there. And you're talking about somebody having almost a breakdown. Hey Amen. i got to step here near the microphone. Thank you, sir. Oh, thank you. You've been hanging out with preachers, haven't you? <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. And, and yet, God, now what have we seen? God is forcing him to come to the word. If you say, Mark 11. God will not let him get out of what he spoke. God lets life confuse him and lets the circumstances bewilder him. And yet God will still not give an inch. That goes to show you God doesn't give an inch on his word at all. If you're going to be a Christian, you really need to be a real one. If you're going to trust the Lord, you need to trust him all the way because he'll tell you to get in a boat, go out into a raging river and pitch your oars over. And he'll leave you out there and trying to figure out what to happen before he rescues you. And he might get you out there and pull the plug and sink the boat from underneath you. But you got to go back in your mind to say he's never failed to keep his word. And I'm a believer and I'm standing here believing every word, sink or swim. It doesn't matter what happens. I've arrived at the hour that prophecy said I would be here. And I'm going to be one of those who believe God for every word. And I know life is going to get hard and I know it's going to be confusing and I know I'm not going to always get it right. I'm going to make a mistake, but he's not going to let me make a mistake. And then I might do it again and he'll turn me around again. He's going to bring this bride to her perfection. That's the anointing that's upon us, friends. Hallelujah. And he goes and he says, I stood there. I didn't know what to do. Wasn't there. I picked it up and he said, I looked. And I looked there again, and I seen just a little couple gray hairs sticking out from under the leaves. I picked it up, and there was my squirrel. He said, you talking about a little Irishman shouting. You ought to heard me. Listen, friends, your promise... 
that you need so desperately, you might only be needing to look for two little hairs. And it might not be out in the plain open. It might not be something you would even expect. It might catch you completely off guard. But God is training you to trust his word. God is training you to trust his word no matter what. How many say no matter what? You want to raise a hand to the Lord today? Say no matter what, I'm going to trust your word. I'm going to believe I'm a part of it. Let's stand to our feet. I'm going to believe I'm a part of it. I'm not going to back up. I don't care about circumstances. I might even trip and stumble and mess it up myself. But, I, but here's what I know. He'll still make it happen. He'll still correct me when I'm wrong. He's going to bring me back to his word. I just say, blessed be the name of the Lord. That's the kind of life I want, friends. All it takes, all, it, all the Brother Branham had to do to make sure that everything that turned out, turned out, was he just had to have a life completely consecrated. And he had to remember, he had to remember times when he didn't obey the Lord. And there were times. He didn't obey the Lord when he told him to first go. And he listened to his mother-in-law and he paid a hard price. He didn't obey the Lord in Africa. And, and even old brother Bosworth, you know, got him to kind of pressure him. And uh, brother Branham, I think maybe you're just wrong this time. He said, oh, that great old man like that, who I love so much could tell me that. And he said, and even, and, and you know, he just, and you know what he did? He knew that he was right, but he bowed to pressure. You know why? Because he's a human. He bowed to pressure and now he's standing here in the woods. No, he ain't gonna be bowing to no more pressure. We're not bowing to anything. I am not here to be intimidated by the devil. Don't you be intimidated by the devil. I don't care what your need is. All you need is two little gray hairs. That's all you need to believe your promise. Say, oh, my children, my family, my home, my marriage, my job, my money, my this, my that. Let me tell you something. God has already promised in his word that this bride would, of the last day, she's the one who would operate. She would operate this segment of the third pull. We're not looking for another word revival. No way. The next word revival goes to Israel. That's why Brother Brandon would say at the end of his life, he said, I'm not looking for another revival. I'm looking for the coming of the Lord. But yet the prophet did not deny the fact that while it wasn't a, a new word revival, because that goes to the Jews, and we have to keep that separated. You go in the seals, you have to know what you're doing, or you'll have, your, you'll have the bride doing things assigned to Moses and Elijah. See? That's why you have ministers who can rightly divide and teach you these things. You go and read the fourth seal and you'll think you're supposed to do the things Moses and Elijah do. And if you just stop reading right there, but fortunately you've got a pastor that can say, well, all you gotta do is go read the sixth seal. And he goes back and corrects that and says, no, that's Moses and Elijah, not the bride. She has nothing to do with that whatsoever. But I'm here to tell you something, friends. God has this exactly mapped out, planned out. And, and all he needs is a church. I just have made up my mind. I said, Lord, and I, I covered about half my material today and I've kept you double long. I preached over probably an, an hour and 35, 40 minutes. But I'm here to tell you something, friends. I was determined today if I couldn't accomplish anything else is to prove to you that the time is now, the people is you, Amen. Say, it's me. Say, the time is now. 
And God is bringing, all the other ones are having their revivals. And, the, and Brother Branham said, if you see that, then you know God is doing among his elect as well. And we're not here to make the same mistake that they made through the 70s and 80s and 90s and all through the 20th century, chased after fancy things and doctrines and anointings and built camps, raised up supermen to build super kingdoms around supermen. And even into the 21st century and even to this very hour, Satan is still duping people into that. We're not here to chase a thing. We're here to surrender our lives to God. We're here to be so in tune. There's nothing I could want for myself more or want for you more than to be in perfect harmony with the Holy Spirit. When we meet this Thursday, brothers, I will invite every young man. I think we're gonna hold it from like age 13 and up. Every young man and every father and man that comes, husband, every man from 13 and up, we want you to join with us to pray. We're gonna pray over needs. You got needs, send them to me. We'll pray over them. We might re-pray for Wednesday's needs again. And we're going to, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna figure it out as we go, but we know we're gonna take up needs. But the theme, the theme of what the ministry team and I want to express to you brothers is the theme is not, not that we're gonna go chasing this or praying for that or praying for this or praying for power, or praying for gifts or praying for any of that stuff. You know what we're gonna pray for? What Brother Branham said, that the dynamics come down upon the mechanics. And in whatever form that comes, I wanna be ready. I wanna be a part of that, friends. Whether it's three easy reds in Indiana or three insanity grays in Kentucky, I wanna be ready. Whether I understand what he does or not, I, I, I know he's never lied, he's never failed, and I know I'm a believer. And the only thing that, that can take this church into that level is dedicated people. Amen. God bless you, friends, today. It's been wonderful preaching to you. I didn't get but halfway done, but believe it or not, I feel exceptionally satisfied. I think I've made this, these main points to you of what this whole series is. I can now take that folder and it's got seven, eight, nine sermons in it and I can stick it over and, and I'm done. And I've got another half of material for, to, to go on in a different way, but that, that'll be for a different time. You love the Lord? Let's bow our heads. Father, I just, I went with how I felt led today. It was different. It was unusual. It's not my normal way, but I, I was determined, Lord, for the people to see this crystal, crystal clear. I feel that you helped me, Lord, and I feel that you gave the people eyesight, spiritual eyesight to see what it is so that we understand what it's not. We understand what we're trying to achieve so we don't misunderstand and go after the wrong thing. We're not trying to make it a thing or chase a thing, Lord. We're trying to humble ourselves and say, Father, we look at the signs of the time. We look at the things around us. We see the promises in the word and we believe them and we believe that we are the people and we believe this is the time. We believe it's now. And I know that your word, Lord, I know that before this bride leaves here, there's going to be that demonstration of the Holy Spirit. And I, I don't say it's in the future. I see the demonstration of it every time I stand in this pulpit and look out at people who are believing the word of God in an impossible day. I see the third pole in action already. 
I pray you'll help us, Father, in the coming days to meet the challenges of the hour. We believe you'll do it, Lord. We humble ourselves for it before you for this very reason. And I ask you now, Father, take what's been said today. It's a seed. It's been planted in the hearts. I've been studying it, Lord, for weeks and weeks and weeks. And it's just been rolling me around to say, you need to move up higher. You need to move up higher. I'm saying today with Brother Branham, me, I, I need a revival. I need a fresh repentance. I need to move up higher. That's what a prophet said. He put it on himself. He said, you folks understand, I'm talking about me. I need a fresh revival. Lord, may it be upon Bethel Tabernacle in the coming days, whatever days there are that remain, Lord God, we wanna be ready. We wanna be ready. We commit ourselves into your hands in Jesus' name. Oh, yes. Mm, my, my. I'll keep on trusting. Yes, Lord. That is working everything for my good. Lift it up now. He walks beside me. And heaven is in my view. Oh, I'm gonna make it through. Oh, raise up those hands and sing it now. I'm gonna raise your hands now. He's already said that I would. Thank you, Lord. I'll keep on trusting that He's working everything for my good. He walks beside me. Oh, yes. And heaven is in. My view, oh, I'm gonna make it through. Oh, that's an anthem, friends. Wave at him now. Sing it like an anthem. I'm gonna make it. Thank you, Lord. He's already said that I will. I'll keep on trusting that He's working everything for my good. Oh, He walks beside me, and heaven is in my Some have come already. God bless you. Amen. If you need prayer, keep singing, Brother Tony. I'm gonna make it. He's already said I would. I'll keep
my good He was beside me And heaven is in my view Oh, I'm gonna make it through ministers he, he walks beside me, me and heaven is in my view a little brother with a fever father in the name of Jesus I lay hands upon him Lord I can feel this fever I condemn the work of the devil I call for the healing power of Jesus Christ we rebuke this fever We've seen it in the scripture. You're the same God. We're the same people. We have the same word. We believe the same thing. Satan, you're just as defeated as when Peter cast you off of. Lord, when one was a mother was cast and the fever was cast off of her. We cast off this fever. We ask the Holy Ghost, Lord. We ask the enemy take his hands off of God's property. Lord, and may he be made completely whole. Even right now, Lord, we condemn Satan in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Go accepting it, sister, and thank God for it. God bless you. God bless you, my brother. Heaven is in my view. You want prayer, brother? Oh, I'm going to make it through. In Jesus' name. Press on in Jesus' name. We press on, dear Lord. We arise.
press on say in Jesus name we press on in Jesus name we press on dear Lord with the price they just keep playing that for me let's bow our heads one last time father we thank you for your presence among us today thank you for your word lord thank you for this audience of people who came out set so patiently lord we've sent forth your word father and when i think back in my heart i feel a satisfaction of the holy spirit everything was said that needed to be said today and Lord, everything that was said, for all I know, Lord God, it's perfectly in line with your word. We went back and forth, Lord, proving it forwards and backwards. We looked into the scripture. We know the promises that you gave us through Elijah. Lord, we're not trying to make it anymore, but we also don't want to reduce it, Lord. We don't want to say, put it off somewhere, somewhere over a rainbow. No, Lord, right now this day this is the hour we believe it with all of our heart lord god that you want to do great and mighty things among us lord your coming might still be for we don't know your coming could be many years off but what does it matter i want to live in the in the spheres of god i want to live close to god wrap myself tear my own mantle as elisha did and wrap myself in the mantle of the same one that the prophet had worn grant it lord in a double portion we commit it to you today Go with his people. Lord, we have other events to take place. I pray you will bless the senior youth, Lord, in their endeavor here. Bless the uh, Sister Deborah, Sister Sarah, different ones, Lord, who will be working with them for their practice. I pray, Lord, that you will give them a vision today that this isn't about performance. This is a worship to his majesty, the king. Who could not want to be a part of that? I pray for them, Lord, that you will give them a special anointing. We think about our afternoon gathering with our own sister Jean to hear her, Lord, express her heart, Lord, in her own personal testimony. We love her, love that, that we have that, Lord, one more time to hear the great things of what God has meant to her, Lord, since a young woman, Father. It's been intriguing to us, Lord. We've been fascinated with it to see a veteran like this, this many years, to find out what have been the secrets to her strength. Grant it, Lord, a great blessing upon her. We commit ourselves to your hands now for the balance of our day. Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Friends, you can be dismissed in Jesus' name. Amen. Sing, brother. In Jesus' name, we press on. In Jesus' name, we press on.
press on In Jesus' name We press on Dear Lord With a bright Clear before our eyes We find the strength To press on In Jesus' name, we press
My God, my Savior, ransom me. And like a flood, His mercy reigns. Unending love, amazing grace. The Lord has promised good to me. His word, my hope, secure. He will my shield and portion be as long as life endures. My chains are
shall soon dissolve.